Blog Talk Radio. Here we go. that we do every Tuesday night on Vibe Time with Jerry at 8 p.m. And here's my co-host, David Flowers. Hey, everybody. We have Stephanie Watson on board, and we have Dave Wells, um, both psychic mediums. We are waiting on Joshua Ford, and, of course, Vanessa Hope was not able to make it tonight. Her mom had heart surgery, so we wish her the best. So, how y'all doing? Oh, well, I'm doing great. Bursting with fruit flavor, baby. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm enjoying this, y'all. <laughs> All right, so Stephanie, I, I'm going to, everybody knows everything about me and Dave because we do this every week. So, Stephanie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> I didn't start uh, doing my thing until I was 54 years old. I was told by three other uh, psychic mediums that I was a psychic medium, and I, you know, let them know. Hey, Shayla, hey, Ronnie. They were crazy. Absolutely not. So, uh, but once I accepted it, I just, the expansion was incredible. It just went really fast. So now I'm in Virginia Beach. I I was living in upstate New York with uh, my husband for a while. He's down here now. But, uh. This is where I belong. I belong in Virginia Beach, and you know, I just things are happening, man. Things are happening, like in so many ways. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the energy that's happening this year is never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, yeah, in all my what eight years. Ooh. <laughs> 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 I agree with you on that. So pretty cool. So that's that's me in a nutshell. And I call myself. There's there's two monikers I go by besides my name. There's Queen of the Universe, which I freely say go ahead and use. Yeah. And the other one is the Psychic Medium. That's how I'm known on YouTube. The Psychic Comedian. I'm sorry, Comedian. Like comedian only comedian because I really like to use humor. Yeah. And Wednesdays you do lives, correct? I'm sorry? Wednesdays you do lives. I do a live card read every Wednesday. Yeah, Yeah. because I was going to say, most of those I miss, and then I'll get on later, and I'm like, oh. Well, you know know what? You can still, even if you watch the replay, the message is the same. 
Yeah. Hey, Shayla. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah, and um, Dave, as people come on, we just say hi hi to them on our when when we see them come on and we read the comments and if they got questions, we'll put them out there. So, yeah. Dave Wells, you um, Steve White recommended um, Utah. Um, well, yeah. How are you? Uh, I'm a psychic medium from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I'm a bricklayer by day. I've um, had a, I've owned a construction company for probably 47 years. Um, I'm always, I've always had a connection with the earth, but I'm, I've always been psychic. Um, my mother was a witch and um, kind of been table talk around my family my whole life. Um, but uh, like I say, I like, I like building and, and making things, but uh, I like helping people. I've uh, really been focusing on helping people probably the last eight or ten years on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not much on technology at all, but I've uh, got a pretty good following on Facebook. I run a few of the bigger groups on Facebook, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. I really like helping people. Yeah. Um, I travel a lot. I do a lot of psychic fairs. Um, um, like I say, I've, I've done psychic fairs in Canada. I've done them down in Florida. I've done them in Tennessee. I've done them in Columbus. I've done them in Indiana. I've done them in Cincinnati. And um, I don't know. I just really enjoy meeting people and helping people. Um, I'm also a, a paranormal investigator. I do a lot of investigations on, you know, me and my wife, we're at the age now where we do a lot of traveling. I'm coming to the end of my working career, so we travel a lot. We do a lot of investigations wherever we go. Cool. And that's about all for me, but, uh, you know, like I say, I live in an 1880 haunted house. It's built on a uh, foundation of an 1860 house. That was part of the Underground Railroad. They burned it down, okay? But I've got tunnels that go from my basement all the way to the river, which is about a 2,000-yard walk or distance. But I've never been in the tunnels yet. Kind of a little wary about it. But um, people gave me a good deal in the house because they said it was haunted. I said, fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I've got a large farmhouse with 15 rooms, and it's just me and my wife and our we got some dogs and cats, but uh, it's pretty nice, you know. People always talk about, you know, ghosts and stuff. They got pictures of them in the windows, and never bothers me. Oh, that's, oh, that's Linda. really cool. You should open it up to paranormal. Hi, Linda. <laughs> you can have people come and investigate. Um, well, our plan is the next year we're going to turn the upstairs because it's 15 rooms. Mm-hmm. We're going to turn it into a haunted bed and breakfast. Nice. Oh, We've been buying all these antiques. We've been redoing the upstairs because I got 15 rooms and we only live downstairs. So. But um, we got we got we've been buying like paintings and, and oil lanterns and like period pieces. Mm-hmm. We're going to put them in there. We're going to rent it out as a haunted B and B. Uh, and I don't know. I think that'd be fun. That yeah, like definitely. It would be. Yeah. yeah, that sounds awesome. That is really cool. So tunnels, do you know, I mean, like, I wonder what they look like. Have you ever, like, at least well, looked at it? Well, yeah, the top three stone are knocked out of the top of the one side, right? So I've, I've stuck my head up in there and trying to flashlight, right? And then it, it goes on forever. And I, I, since I'm a bricklayer and, you know, I've owned a construction company. I know all the city inspectors, so I talked to a couple of them. One guy pulled up my plans and stuff. He told me these were tunnels that went all the way to the river. Oh, and wow. I'm about I'm about 2,000 yards from the river. So, but um, I just 
I'm an empath. You know, I'm a firm believer. I'm a psychic medium, but I'm a firm believer that everybody has psychic gifts and abilities. Um, It's like any other muscle in the human body. You need to exercise it to make it stronger. Told Um, you. Well, I, yeah, I'm also an empath. I'm half afraid of sticking my head or going too far in there. I've looked in these tunnels, but I'm afraid of all the, I'm going to say all the, the, the sadness, yeah. all, maybe even death, I don't know, but all the, the, the all the, I don't know, I just anger, sadness, yeah. just too much. I'll do it one day, but right now, but yeah, there's about three stone knocked out of the top of one. It's a, it's a half arch, and it's blocked up, bricked up, probably. I don't know, 150 years ago, you know? Oh, wow. Um, so one day I might investigate it, but I think I'm going to leave it alone. Yeah. Let them sleeping dogs lie. Yeah. Ronnie Anderson yeah. wants to know how many spirits you think reside in your house. That's one of our, our viewers. What was that? Yeah, Ronnie Anderson, he, he wants to know how many spirits do you think reside in your house? Well, I know for a fact there's the old farmer. His son went off to war, World War One, and he never came back. So he always waited in the upstairs window, looking out the window for his son to come home. Um, I've seen two articles in the Cincinnati Enquirer, which is our local newspaper, and uh, it shows um, shows a figure there. Um, and I've never seen him, but I felt him. Like one time when we were moving in, I felt somebody push me down the stairs. So I had a long talk with him. I said, now, look. I said, you're either going to have to start paying rent or we're going to have to get along. And, uh, you know, um, I've never had another problem with him. But So that's one. But last year, my Aunt Alice passed away. She was she was, she was was the best. She passed away here in the house. And um, I'll be doing a live. And all of a sudden, the lights behind me will turn on or the faucet in the bathroom will turn on. Or she used to have this thing where she would leave the toilet seat up or she would drop it down. And you could always you could hear it drop every now and then. Um, oh wow! And I've I've asked I've really really talked to her. I, I, I usually can reach out to spirits, but she just likes to be I guess playful. She's she's still around and she's still watching me. Aww. But I'm Ryan, sure if I went in the tunnels, there's probably a lot of spirits in there, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan Record, he's in Cincinnati. Okay. Get that. Thank you, Shayla. I like my shirt. I didn't know you were going to be sporting that one until I got on here. I have a twin shirt. Ah. We have twin shirts. Because Shayla and Shayla and Shayla, Shayla, I don't know about Ronnie, but I know Shayla loves us. We won't speak for her husband. No. So in Virginia Beach, have you ever been to the uh, Edgar Casey Museum? I do readings there. Um, what's the month? Yeah. He's one of my personal heroes. <laughs> yeah, it's a very cool place. Um, I, I actually have two friends that work there. One in the library, and one is a she's a teacher. She does Reiki. She does massage. She does a lot of things. And uh, I just go in, you know, one one day a month and do readings. It's fun. Is it a big I, place? Because uh, I have not been there yet. Is it? Ha, is it? It's three floors. Okay. Um. Yeah. And then there's the old hospital that's up on the hill, which is, to me, it's much bigger than the center. Mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, kind of more spread out. 
but now it's a cafe and the offices. Okay. I just I just so, hate the traffic yeah. going there. That's why I don't go. It's because of yeah. tunnel traffic. Ugh. Yeah. Well, luckily I don't have to take the tunnel. Yeah. Well, I do. <laughs> I know. And I'm a good two hours from you because I, I live in the small port town of Urbana. But just remember, should you want to come down, I have two guest rooms. Oh, yeah, that's right. I could stay at your crib. I forgot about that. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Ooh, we could have yes. fun. <laughs> I could do sound healing for you. All kinds of stuff. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> me, I could sound heal you. Yes. Oh, my God, I'm too excited. So when you do that, you sound healing. Use it. Forks. She's got the bowls. She's got the pretty bowls got, behind her. The bowls. Uh, yeah, my my I call her my sister wife. Uh, <laughs> she has tuning forks and bowls as well. Yeah. Um, I really want to get into singing pyramids. We talked about this last Oh, time. I love those. Yeah, oh. they just and the Merkaba, and I just love them. Yes, I had two of them. And One of I them shattered. Tuning, yeah. If I want to use the tuning forks, I can use my sister wife's tuning forks. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, the bowls really are the that's that's the thing, man. That's how I heal. Yeah, is with the bowls. Yeah, and I just love it. it I have a couple of I have a couple of them. Um, I have two of them, and I do, and I really do like them. But I like my forks, and I like my pyramids too. So it's kind of hard for me to decide which one one pyramid, maybe. And I definitely want a Merkaba. Yeah. Yeah, just things I want. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the things we want to have. Have y'all ever been to a psychic fair? Yeah. yeah one time. Over yeah. Um, we have a really big one here in Cincinnati, and they always have these copper pyramids. I guess they're made out of copper pipe. Yeah. They've got them all through there, and you can sit in them. And sit I, in I, them. I Those are so it. nice. And I'm yeah. a stonemason of my trade, so I'm trying to talk my wife into letting me build one in the backyard. So far, she's saying no, but <sighs> I'm wearing her down. <sighs> Oh, that's going to be a great place to get a lawnmower. Come on now. No. She's got to change her mind on that one. You can come build one in my backyard. Come on one. Yeah, me too. Yeah, come on. Bring it. Hey, I am a world-class stonemason. <laughs> I, I really get a lot of energy from the earth. You know, um, when I, I don't know. I can't explain it, but I, I like the water and I like the earth you know, quite a bit. Oh, definitely. Healing physically or emotionally with the bowls, both. Both. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Both. love my tuning forks too. Got them all yeah. nice and spread out. Yeah, yeah. I, had a, I had a guy who tuning fork one that one. Here. It worked pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This bowl is the 528. Yeah. Which I just got. Love that one. That has DNA repair. Yeah. Are they different? Are they made of different materials? No, they're all quartz crystal. Yeah. They're just they're oh. made to tune differently to yeah. different notes. And the thing mm-hmm. about having this one is it makes the others even more beautiful, yeah. which I didn't think was possible until I got it, because they are just absolutely, they're phenomenally beautiful. Yeah. They, they just sound incredible. Oh, I, I love chords. Oh, yeah. And Linda knows this. I went to a place in, uh, in Arkansas, they have a quartz mine where as much as you can carry out for like $35. Y'all ever heard of that place or been there? No. I have I've not. Been to and I, I, went, got, I, I went with some friends, down. and they got like six or eight you know, nice stones, right? And I got a whole, I had a, I had a, a pillowcase in the car, so I took it with me and I loaded it up. I carried out like a 180 pounds. <laughs> I got them all over my house. I love crystals. Uh, 
That's how my friend is. He mines yeah. My friend goes to Arizona and mines all his stuff. So he he has these big gigantic boxes full of clear quartz crystals clusters. They're everywhere. I mean, just literally everywhere. I'm like, really? You keep them in a box downstairs? My wife, my wife says I'm not allowed to bring any more home right now. But Sedona would be the place. Sedona, they have that big rock show every year. Yeah, you tell them, look, you can never have too many crystals. You really can't. Yeah. I've literally got thousands upon thousands. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I got gifted one today. I have to go pick it up from from Rocks to Gems over in Lancaster, but it's a middle finger one made out of obsidian. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) She was like, which one do you want? I'm going to gift you one. And I was like, really? And she was like, yes. And I was like, well, rose quartz is such an innocent stone to me, so I really don't want to do that with rose quartz. I said, but obsidian has it made, so I'll just take the obsidian. Hello, Tyler. (laughs) So that's where all that's coming from, and I'm excited to get it, too. Oh, great. Um, Dave, what you'll – every so often, I will post pictures of my salute to people that offends quite a few people. It offends your trademark. Yeah, it is my trademark, and it offends quite a few people. Hopefully, you don't get offended by that. I've, I have I have lost a few friends over that over those posts. I'm like, well, bye. If you can't have a sense of humor, you gotta leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. except for my mom, my mom's like, I didn't raise you that way. It's embarrassing, and I'm like, well, mom, get used to it. That's just me. Yeah. Unfriend me, mother. (laughs) Shayla's saying, literally, really can't have too many. They all have different uses. Rose quartz is her favorite. Oh, well, we'll have to think about that middle finger then, won't we? (laughs) Ronnie Anderson thought you were telling me I was number one. Of course you are, dear. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. But you were talking about quartz crystals. You guys ever hear the uh, the crystal skull? I have one of them. Well, the guy owns it. He lives in oh, my house in a place called Loveland, Ohio. And uh, I do this, um, the Great Serpent Mound. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's a giant serpent in Adams County, the Native American thing. And uh, okay. he brought the crystal skull last time. Oh, my oh, wow. God. You want to talk about a powerful piece of quartz. Wow. A lot of I only have one yeah, little crystal. years old. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it, it was pretty amazing. That's cool. I only have one little crystal skull, and it happens to be clear quartz. <laughs> I, have I don't a, think I got I any skulls, but uh, I do. I don't know. I, I my favorite, my favorite crystal though is moldavite. Y'all, what's your favorite crystal, Stephanie? Uh, labradorite. It's got to be. What about you, Jerry? I have too many of them. Um, if if I have to do a go-to, though, I do like clear quartz. Yeah. Yeah, quartz is always a good one. Mm-hmm. It's a builder. But uh, I got a piece of Moldavite. My wife or family's from Czechoslovakia, right? So they're from Moldavia, all right? Mm-hmm. So when I married her, they gave me a big old piece of quartz this big and it had two crystals growing out of it. It was the most unique piece of Crystal, I had it made into a necklace. I love this thing. And, of course, when when Moldavite's done with you, it leaves, so it disappears somewhere. 
Yeah. See, I I don't I have a piece of moldavite. My mom is from Germany and she brought it back. Her friend owned a crystal shop and so they made that piece into a pendant. Mm. And I cannot to save my I can't wear it anymore. It just it's it it causes too much grief yeah, and too a, much Yeah. Oh you bring you yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I take that piece of moldavite yeah. and put it right on your pineal gland. Okay. Right? Your third eye. Try it like that. Okay. See what you can yeah, see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll the, pull it out and do it. Yeah, yeah. I have Moldavite oil. It's, you know, holy oil with Moldavite in it. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. It's, pa- it's a powerful stone, off. and it's beautiful. It certainly is. But I just... Well, it really, it's a, it's a tectite. That means it's it's really it was sand and a little bit of minerals that when the, a meteorite hit 65 million years ago... Yeah. The, the heat melted the sand and whatever was around it together to make um, a tectite. There's a few different kinds, like a Libyan desert glass, which is another great crystal stone, whatever. But, uh, you know, it's pretty neat stone. Yeah. As yeah. close as you can get to extraterrestrial. Exactly. Shayla said yeah. hers is lapis and amethyst. I I, I like lapis, too. That's one I of my... I like lapis, too. Yeah. Yeah. And amethyst, of course, is purple. You know I love it. Oh, definitely. We know that's your you fave. Know. That's right. <laughs> you know, I, I like that selenite too. Y'all ever seen them selenite yeah. wands? Yes. I have several. Uh, that's how I. Uh, I, I always have one in my front door and then one in the front of my TV. I always tell myself it makes people propel people to speak the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I have it by so my bed for negating uh, negativity. Yeah. Giving. Positive energy. Yep, and it's so good for your back. Your spine. Down a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was hoping it would help my TV out, but it hasn't seemed to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that is cool. That's funny. I'm making lapis bracelets to Shayla, but mine's lapis and onyx because Newport News. Um, one of my friends, her husband's a uh, policeman and they asked me to make some back to blue bracelets but out of those stones mm-hmm. so yeah i'm working with lapis i got it out there so that's Pretty. cool yes black and blue yes black ma'am i'll blue. make you one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just i made it for just because i you know her husband's always patrolling, and I and she's such a sweet lady. And I made it for her last year, just just to make it for her, you know. And I was like, here, I want to give this to you, and it, and it just reminds me of Back to Blue. Why I never thought that she was going to reach out to me and say, can can you make them in bulk for the police foundation? And I was like, I can do that. <laughs> so that's where all that's going so i'm really happy about hey, that those guys are heroes. yeah you know for $22,000 they get shot at yeah. they get, you know have all that have to go through all that bull crap i got nothing but yeah. love and respect for them yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. yeah yeah so i got my back to blue and you know it's made for me so it's not some factory made you know what i mean it's, it's all hand done so i'm i'm really excited about it and i'll put I'll some out those. yeah i'll put them out Just, uh, yeah I'll find one of those. My husband's the next cop. Yeah. Yeah. So Looks that's retired. Oh, well, retired. Yeah. So, my uncle yeah. was chief of police. He was chief of police in Miami. So it holds close to us. We got law enforcement in the family. So yeah. we got yeah. blue in our blood. Oh, yes. We definitely do. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Okay. can we talk about a subject real quick? 
you brought it up a few minutes ago because David and I go back and forth with this all the time. Uh-oh. Psychic abilities. We go back. Yes, we talked about we, this last we time. We did. Like, I don't believe that. But I, it gets brought up all the time because people, I, I've, I'll never forget it when I heard a lady say, you're either born with it or you're not. And I totally don't agree with that. I don't. Yeah. I think that, you, that it's a skill set that you have to work with every day. That's just me. To, to I believe is that we I all think have it's it. like any other muscle in the body. Yeah. The more you work with it, the more you practice, yeah. the more you strive, you think about it. Um, you know, you get stronger, you get better. Yeah. Um, yeah there, I mean, it's like an athlete. Sure, there are kids that can, you know, six-year-old kids that can run a 10 flat hundred. But a lot of us, we have to train and practice and get stronger. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I have known a lot of people who are, were born with, you know, gifts and abilities. But I also know a lot of people who seem like they can um, learn it, you know. I, I, I do believe that I, – I believe it's both. Yeah. I, I believe that the biggest difference between someone – who uses their abilities and someone who says, I don't have any abilities, is uh, allowance and belief. Yeah. Because yeah. If you don't allow yourself that openness yeah. to expressing what has been given to us mm-hmm. by, I, you know, God, I call it God's source. But, it, you know, we were put here with these abilities which really, when you think about it, are so helpful because we are so limited in these human bodies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. why not take those things that were given to us and put them into practice? You know, it just makes things, I, I won't say it makes things easier, but it does make things a little more tolerable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it makes it makes things like, for me, it's like, I can't understand everything. I will accept it because I know that there's a reason for it. Yes. I may not like that reason. And, you know, <laughs> let's, let's face it, the reason might really suck. We don't know. But there's a reason for it, so we have to accept it. And that's probably a really, really hard thing for most people is the acceptance, the allowance, the, you know, being open to the fact that just because, you know, just because you see what I do and you go, oh, I could never do that, you might do it in a completely different way. Give yourself a chance. Yeah, that is, and that's you know? true. Because I think everybody's everybody's abilities, too, are different. There's nothing that's the same. There's a person, there's people that can sit over here and they can do a reading right away. Well, when I have to prep for stuff, you know, I have to really get prepped and tuned in. And a lot of my stuff comes when I'm doing Reiki. And, I, and we've had, we had that discussion last time. A lot of my stuff comes when I when I'm doing Reiki, or I'm and it's now with animals, which is really cool because the same. I think that's so awesome. The same feelings I'm getting so with awesome. yeah the Reiki part when I all I got to do now is stand next to people and feel everything. Well, it's the same thing with animals that I work with. I'm standing next to them. I'm like this, you know. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. Yes, Steve asked if that if we have the ability to do remote viewings. Yes, 
Yes, we do. Some of us better yeah. than others. I yeah. think yeah. right now, I think there's a great awakening going on in the world right now. It yeah. seems like there's more people waking up than ever before. Um, ding, ding, ding. But as the light awakens, I've noticed the darkness does also. I believe it goes hand in hand, you know? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the yin and the yang. Um, yes. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I have faith and I have hope. So I think that, um, I think this, I guess, let's just say the whole human race, I think we're at a point where we can either go forward mm-hmm. or we can fall backwards. And I, I'm really, I'm hopeful that everything, that everybody's going to keep wanting to learn. It seems to me that people are waking up. You, you know, when I yeah. was growing up, everybody, it was the hippie thing to have the, the crystals and have the incense. And, and when I was growing up, I was the weird kid, right? But now it seems like a lot of people like my ideas. But um, I feel that the world itself is finally catching up. Finally I think evolving. we're getting ready to go to the golden age. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and like you were talking about gifts and abilities. Have you ever noticed how children, they can see ghosts, they have imaginary friends. Mm-hmm. I believe that we've had to um, numb or dumb down. People are saying, oh, you know, you got to hide your abilities. You got you can't use them, mm-hmm. and that was one of the things you know that separated the people who were in the know and those who didn't. But now, like I said, I think children are, have the ability to see and feel hey, and open up, be more open to abilities and gifts. And I think that right now we're we're coming into an age where things are going to get better for everybody. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Not as, Hello, Patrick. as well. It's not as taboo as it as it was. It still is a little right. bit. But I think a lot of people are afraid of, uh, have the fear of the unknown, too. Well, the, you know, it's, it's like we as a society have never been freer to raise our freak flags before. Yeah. Honestly. So that's, that's cool, you know. Um, but the other thing is that the energy of our existence on this plane is completely changing. It's, yes. I mean, you can feel it. Every day, it's just, it's changing in a way that either, you know, excuse my French, but either should or get off the pot. That's what it is. It's, you know, come on, guys. You, you, you know, I, I do a lot of mentoring, and some of these people, no, 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 stop saying no, because your guys are, like, screaming, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Just look (laughs) at us. Just listen to us. Yeah. Stop. Saying no. no. Stop saying you're not good enough. Yeah. Of course you're good Most enough. Most people, though, they're not really in touch with their guides. That's they, right. They, they're, I always tell people, listen to that little voice in your head, that yeah. little poke in your side. That is your angel. Your Those angel are your guides. Yeah. They're put there by the creator to help you. So exactly. listen to them. Um, so most people, they've got to go through, they've got to, they've got to learn to ground, that's just getting out inside nature and let nature heal you, give me a strength, give me an energy, take away your negativity. Yeah. They've got to learn to meditate. They've got to learn yeah. to, to um, it, everybody thinks yeah. they meditate yeah. one yeah. time, they become, they're fixed, and it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it takes a long time, but with practice, you will find that sweet spot, I call it, that you'll get focus, you'll get clarity, and you will be able to talk to your own angels your own guide. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a threefold thing. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer in shielding, too. I always protect my energy. Yeah. Whether I'm sitting at home or I'm going out for the day, I always imagine I've got a, a 
force field around my whole body that protects me from physical, spiritual, mental, anything. Um, yeah. But those are the big three. I think the people, they need to learn to meditate more, mm-hmm. or they need to learn to get outside in nature and enjoy nature. Too many times, especially with kids, they're yeah. stuck inside on computers. They, they don't do anything but play games. Um, right. Like I say, with my business as a bricklayer, I have the hardest time finding new kids to work for me. I pay the kids $25 an hour cash, and I still have a hard time finding kids to work. Um, it's just horrible. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think if we can get back to nature, we can get back to, like I say, that self-awareness that meditation will give you. I think we're going to turn that corner. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it's going within and discovering who you really are, yeah. not just what you are. But I think you know, some people are afraid of that, too. They're afraid of that. Of course they are. They're afraid of that too. Yeah. It took years. Heck I'm yeah. not kidding you. It took years. But the payoff is so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so worth it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's like living, honestly, it's like living as a prisoner for, you know, 50 some odd years. And then all of a sudden, you're like, well, there's not just a crack in the wall. Like, you'll get this day. You know, there's bricks coming out. They're coming out quick. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I can see a whole different. Yeah. And it doesn't keep you with. Right. And all of a sudden, it's like yeah. you realize like, the, the, the normal stuff that we worry about is so minuscule yeah. compared to what's really going on. Necklace, 
you know, uh, who saved and you know, you saved on his home and stuff. And I was always that kid. And um, but now you know, seems like finally everybody else is catching up. Yeah. Yeah. Like second nature now. Yeah. Pretty much. No missing child cases, Steve, but I had one case that I'm not allowed to talk about, but yes, I was involved with one, but it wasn't a missing child. It was something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been involved in a lot of missing key cases, but they're mostly my own. So <laughs> yeah, I, you know, but no missing kids. Well, hey, if you go and get a missing case, throw it my way because I'd like to keep practicing with this pendulum thing I've got going on. It's something I'm trying. It's brand new. I'm just developing it. Cool. But like I say, I've done two cases. They both turned out pretty good, you, you know? The, so I'm working on it. Do you use the pendulum? Dave, do you use the pendulum with the mat? Is that how yes. you use it? Okay. Yes. All right. That's cool. I have a beautiful pendulum. I, I, got, a nice, yeah. I got a nice pendulum board. I use yeah. that. First, I, I, I try and find out, is the person still alive? Mm-hmm. You know? And I, you know, and I, like, I, I asked. Yes or no questions to get a, a baseline. Yeah. Okay. Right. And then I, if I if I know I'm going to do this case, like this this one in Michigan, I I got a big map and I said, you know, is he still in Michigan? And my pendulum, I got beautiful um um let's say um Lemurian seed crystal. Nice. Pendulum. Oh, it's really nice. Um, but um I use it and I, I use it on big map and then I pull out the smaller maps and then I go with map coordinates and they were right. On the market. That's amazing. I took this one in Florida where, you know, I told them where this was, and I was two two marks or two points off. I think that's pretty good Mm -hmm. for the second time I tried this, so I'm getting better at it. So I'm working at it. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, (laughs) My friend bought me a clear port. I'm not growing. With me, I try everything, you know. Um, I don't know. Yeah. All self-taught, so I'm enjoying it. But my Aunt Alice. She was she was the original hippie from the sixties, y'all. Okay. She um she grew up in you know, she was a hippie in the sixties. She lived in a commune. She uh learned that transcendental meditation. Remember that was real big in the seventies? She was a professional astrologer. She took courses and you know, did astrology. And uh she really was she came and lived with me the last five years of her life and she really was a great lady. She was Aww. um I miss her a lot. Everybody tells me they see her around me. I don't know. They say she'll walk behind me. And I'll be like, well, she's never come to me. So I don't know. Sometimes it's really hard to recognize. She's, um, from what I'm picking up, she's always around you. So it's very hard for you to pick up the difference of energy. Because she's always there. So you're yeah. not going to realize something's different. Because it's always like that. Yeah, and that's how it is with my grandma, too. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. always you can, around. You can, yeah. you can ask her to give you, um, like, a sign, and she'll well, do that for that's you. Well, I'll do a reading, and then the light will turn on in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I'll look at my animals. They'll be like, hey, it's not us. Yeah. My yeah, wife will be here. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah. yeah. And she'll turn the water on. That was a big thing with her. We always say, turn off the water, because she would always leave the faucet running. We're like, turn the water off. Now she does it just to be, uh, I guess, uh, mischievous. That's funny. So we know it's her. That's funny. Yeah, so she's a Russian. You just don't feel it because, like I said, it's, you know, because she's always there. Oh, yeah. But she had such, she believes in, she had such a great, I guess, attitude. Um, She she could go outside, she'd take 100 pictures of the clouds, and she'd come back in and say, see this, see this, this is the person, and she, you know, be like, 
Uh, after about the 15th one, I'd be like, uh, okay. <laughs> but uh, she was a good person. So like I say, the people in my life, they kind of fostered my, I guess, my um, my interest in these things. You know what I mean? And that's what I feel like children are so um, open to psychic abilities, paranormal activity. It's because they're open. Yeah. I feel that, you know, but now things are changing. I'm telling you, every school now is trying to get, get the kids to meditate. Um, there's crystal shops jumping up all over yeah. in every every city. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, uh, hey. One of the things that I yeah. I've noticed about kids uh, is that the, if we don't stifle it, they will. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it curiosity. Yeah. And um, ability. Allowance, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the word is. But that, you know, that that belief, that's what it is. Belief that, that there are other things and that they're imagination. Good night, Shayla. You know, Thank as, you. As we're kids, you know, as, as when we're kids, a lot of times it's, you know, you have too much imagination. Yeah. When imagination <laughs> helps us with all of this. I mean, you know, let's face it, you need that imagination. You need to be able to imagine that there's more than what's in front of you. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if we can keep that instilling kids, and I see a lot, they come to me and they're, you know, and I'll be like, yeah, you know, you got abilities, right? And they're like, thought I did. Yeah, you did. Of course you do. Yeah. And they'll start telling me things, you know, and like, you know, just like when when I was young, I just thought I was nuts, and I didn't tell people. <laughs> I was told I was nuts, you know, that I was, you know, I was a liar and all kinds of things. And you know, I was a, the big one was, was I was an eavesdropper because I would know things yeah. that nobody told me. And so I was obviously not really asleep or whatever, and I heard conversations and you know, so you, you start, you believe the stuff you're told when you're a kid. Yeah, of course. You do. Then you have to do programming from all that. Really, you know? Exactly. And then it's still in the back of your head when you think, you know, still sometimes when I'm doing a reading, I'll be like, I could be making all this stuff up. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know if this is true or not. And then the person's like, yeah, that's them. Yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> I had one of those the other day. I had that one the other day. It was like the whole reading was confusing to me, but it wasn't me. It was what was coming through, and he was confusing right. to right. begin with. And I was like, God, this just doesn't – I was I was doing the horse, you know, doing Reiki on the horse and doing a reading on the horse, and then all of a sudden this this man steps out, and it happens to be the young lady's dad. But it was just so confusing, and I've never had a reading like that. And I just was like, "This one is confusing to me." <laughs> but then, yeah, and I, yeah, and it's like I come here when I do my live, especially when I, I, I've done really big lives where I've had literally thousands of people on there, right? And everybody's like, "How do you? How are you able to do so many lives?" And I say, "It's not me. It's my angels. Exactly. My guys are doing them." People, and the other thing is people will come to me the next day. Hey, do you remember yesterday when you told me this? I'd be like, no. <laughs> right? And they're like, you sure? I'm like, no, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. I mean, I can't, yeah. I can't carry around that stuff with me. Yeah. 
No. Well, and you're on a different you're in a different mindset anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. I love it when it's people say that. Much. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember Nair? I I'll make them record. I'll make them record it. Well, here, hey, here's something else. Have you ever noticed when people have their awakening, especially I'm gonna say children maybe, but when people have an awakening, other gifts come through. Like they'll 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 start becoming psychic or growing. Mm-hmm. They'll start painting. Or they'll start writing or singing or playing in the guitar. Other gifts will come through also. Have you noticed that? Yeah. 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 A lot of things come back from past lives. Well, I got this really famous girl, I'm not going to say her name, but I've been mentoring her for years, right? Her parents reached out to me, and now she's singing. She's got some, she's doing really good in Nashville. She's got a couple records. She's really young still, but she's, you know, getting up there. But, I mean, my friend said, she's really good. I said, you ought to see her psychic ability. I mean, (laughs) all dark. dark. That's nice. Steve White says it's crazy how many people actually have premonitions that turn out to be true. Yeah, that is true. Real. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if I would use the word crazy, Steve. Yeah. Um, but it is. Uh, uh, it's definitely validation that. Crazy, crazy, crazy. crazy. It is. Given. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have been given this, you know, these abilities for a purpose. You know, and, and I often, I have a lot of friends who are dreamers, and they, one in particular, she uh, she dreams when someone's going to die, and she hates it, yeah. because she's like, why do I have these dreams if I can't change it? And, you know, it took me a while to get her to believe that, you know, you're not having these dreams to change things. You're having these dreams for preparation. Yeah. This is so that you're getting a heads up, so that, all right, this person's going to die, so take that opportunity. Tell them how you feel. Mm-hmm. Tell them how much they've meant to you. Yeah. Don't just be like, don't live in fear. Live in love. Live in that love. All right, this person's going. I need to let them know how much they mean to me and what they've done for me and how mm-hmm. I have grown because instead of how oh my God. I yeah. You know what? None of us, none of us are getting out alive. Yeah. None of us. Nope. We're all going to go. Our, our job as psychics is not to change the future. It is to offer guidance. Yeah. To offer exactly. uh, maybe a little, maybe a little uh, insight and even a little closure sometimes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. if, I've done readings where, you know, the people, you get that feel, sure you've seen what I'm talking about. You kind of know if they're going to, they have death around them, okay? And, uh, you know, everybody's like, well, do you tell them they're going to die? Never. You never do a, I call it a dark reading or a black reading. Right. Never. Right. Um, if it's someone I don't know, I always say, go out and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Live life like there's no tomorrow. Have some fun. Do yeah, this. Enjoy. Do that. You know, I try and keep it positive and upbeat. Um, but like you say, nobody's going to get out of their lives. We're all just mortal beings, even though I believe in past lives and future lives. But, um, I'm not coming back yeah, in a future life. Like we go through. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just telling you that right <laughs> now. I didn't have to learn, but I'll be back. No. <laughs> I'm done. I'm going like to haunt people. I would say that this people. is my last one, but I, I, I doubt no, it. I, I, I doubt no, it's my last I, it's, one. I, it's not. I'm not coming. I don't want to come back. I do not want to come back in I don't know life. where I'm I coming don't. back, too. That's the thing, you know. Yeah, I don't. Because we, I, I, I read so well, many I people. Well, I hope I'm born rich and that is so good looking. <laughs> <laughs> Me 
I know, right? But I, I, you know, I read people and, and their, you know, their past lives are not on Earth. They're, you know, other places. I, I still, I, 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 I just want to. It's weird. Want us to haunt people? That's all I want to do. I have a list. Yeah, I'm at the top of that list. <laughs> about the communication. Are you talking about spirit communication? Do you guys find all right when it comes to telepathic communication? Do you guys find it's pretty common for some spirits to make contact with you by way of tele telepathic communication? Okay, yeah, that is spirit. That's the only way I get it. Yeah. Well, with me, everything I get comes through my angels, through my guys, yeah. these two guys, and everything. I mean, they 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 run interference for me. They do my blocking. You know, um, I really rarely ever talk to a spirit straight on. But um, you know, um, telepathy. That's that's a that's a weird thing. Um, when I was in the government program, we used to do a lot of these exercises. Where one was a telepathy exercise. Um, so it, there, it, there's a connection, you know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. I, I, I do believe in telepathy. Um, but like I say, in my opinion, it's all really the same thing. It, uh, it's all energy, okay? I, when I meet people, when I see people, I don't see people. I see energy. energy yeah. um, and all these gifts we have, they're just extensions of energy. Yeah. Um, and it gets how it manifests itself. Yeah. 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 But, well, you know, I think a lot of a lot of the media has done a disservice to how we think of things because we tend to think of telepathy as what we see on television, yeah. right? That all of a sudden, you know, somebody is talking in your head, and that's usually not the way it works. Mm-hmm. It works like pictures, feelings. Um, sometimes okay. I can but usually it's more feelings and pictures and, and, and uh, experiences. They will definitely dig up experiences that I've had that are similar to theirs to try and get me to understand what they're trying to convey. Um, that's why I say not every psychic is your psychic, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody, I do believe that we get our information with our perspective. So, like, I've had... You know, I had a rough childhood, so when people with rough childhoods come to me, we're very simpatico. Right. If somebody had a wonderful childhood and all flowers and did it, I might not really be able to connect with them so well because I don't have that perspective. Right. So we still have to remember that we're not just this, you know, we're just dealing with energy outside of ourselves. We're also dealing with our own energy and how it works with that energy outside ourselves. And I think helping people kind of heals me, you know? Yeah. It'll, it, it helps me out, it helps me grow, it helps me overcome the things. Like I said, I think that most psychics, they seem like, like they've all had, we've all had our, I, I'm going to say, traumatic experiences. I think that's one of the things that allows us to be able to, to reach outside of ourselves and, and help others, you know? Yeah. Um, I always say, that a lot of people, they'll draw a circle around themselves. Sometimes they'll draw it around their, their friends, maybe even their family and their friends. But a psychic, um, it seems like you're trying to help the whole world sometimes, you know? Yeah. And it just gets on your shoulders. Yeah. Um, sometimes yeah. well, that's it's kind of overwhelming, don't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the empath in us. And, it's, you know, we take it on 
we have to remember to so cleanse it and let it go. Yeah. If we don't do that, we'll just keep getting it on and oh, on. Oh, yeah. On. You yeah. can't so carry everybody's troubles it, around. It, you can't, can't breathe, you know? Yeah. So I, I believe in cleansing a lot. I do a lot of cleansing. Cut them cords. I do my few days. I do a lot of protection. Um, and and I, I do a lot of... Um, it's not really cleansing. It's not protection, but it's like soul... Not soul. I'm sorry. Uh, like energy clearing. Mm-hmm. Not so much cleansing, mm-hmm. but clearing. Because sometimes... I don't want the energy to be completely gone. I just want it to be clear for now. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You got that? Because yeah. I'm not sure I said that right. But yeah. Have you guys Have you guys ever used your abilities for a paranormal investigation? No. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I don't do investigations. I was on one, but oh. I don't do investigations. Hey, I say. I've, I've done so many investigations all around the country. I mean, we've been to Salem, um, like I say, been to Tennessee, been to Kentucky, been to Indiana. Um, like I, say, I go to Bobby Mackey's probably every couple months. Um, but um, my favorite, though, is the Mothman. You guys ever heard of that place? Oh, yeah, the Mothman. Yes, yes, yes. It is one of the most, I don't know, I can't explain it. The energy is so different. When you go on, the, it's an abandoned um, I guess military base. Yeah. Okay. And they got these bunkers, and you think they're just like regular bunkers, but you walk inside, and they're gigantic. I mean, unbelievable. Like you could plant, you could park airplanes in them. You know, oh, wow. and everything echoes. And um, but we were doing an investigation in uh, in uh, at there at the Mothman, and we we were walking around, and we were videotaping. I had my friend videotaping everybody. Well. We didn't notice this until we got home. We looked over the video tape the next day. But there was all this uh, trees moving around. There was no breeze or anything. So that night, see, I live right off of the river, the Ohio River, which is a straight shot to Point Pleasant, West Virginia, right? Right down 52. It's a straight shot. And um, that night, my dogs woke me up. I got an uh, American bulldog and a hound dog. They start throwing a fit, so I let them out the backyard, which is fenced in. I got six foot tall stockade fences, and all of a sudden, my stockade fence started doing this. Something uh, flew off of it. Oh, wow. Now, I don't know if we brought something back or something followed us, but I'll tell you what, I stayed up the rest of that night. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but uh, I love all that kind of stuff because, um, you know, like, where a lot of people will be, I guess, scared or afraid of these things, yeah. I embrace them. I, I, I really, like, um, I don't know. I, I like, like I say, if, uh, if the walls of my house started bleeding, I'd turn my chair around and watch. <laughs> I'd be asking, who's making that happen? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta clean this mess up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but who's making that happen? And you know you're cleaning it up. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I ain't cleaning it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, we do. No, no, no. Oh, I can't believe time flew by like that. We got five minutes. Oh, my God. This has been fun. I don't really go on paranormal investigations because I like to um, just feel things, feel them. Yeah. And uh, I've been on some paranormal investigations with some people on, you know, whatever. Um, but My favorite place to go is the really Great Serpent Mountain. Um, if you guys ever get a chance, it's a Native American place. The energies are so good. It's this giant serpent. It's a... Uh, Probably the oldest artwork in America. 
and it's just wow. got such a good feeling. They do um, summer, uh, they do uh, solstice, they do equinox uh, festivals there every year. Really yeah. good time. Put it in, right yeah, write it in the stone. comments so people will know. Yeah, yeah put it. I went to the Roll Right Stones in England, which are older than Stonehenge, and we were able uh, to do a little. A I little, would love to go see some of the castles. A little ceremony there, which is awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little releasing ceremony, and uh, it was just so cool. Talk about energy. Just talk about, you know, you just wanted to sit on the ground. It just felt so. Amazing, like full of energy, but peaceful, peaceful energy, not the, uh, not the frenetic energy of life. Yeah. But that. Okay, I know we're just running out of time. But you're talking about Stonehenge. Have you guys ever heard of the dream that light workers all over the world have been having? Of Stonehenge. There's a dream that people have been having, and it's, got, it's about Stonehenge in it. Yeah. I mean, we're talking thousands and thousands of people have had this dream, and it's all about Stonehenge. So, I don't know. It's I don't know. It's supposedly it's happening more and more. I guess more and more people are having this dream. I think that's part of the awakening, also. Thanks, Steve White. We appreciate that. It probably is. Yeah, um, I think it has to do with uh, other dimensions coming through. Honestly, I like to you know. I like to get out there and touch the stone out there, stone, and I think that'd be fun. You can't anymore. They probably wouldn't let we me. Remote view, no, they don't, let, they don't let people in anymore. Just travel this don't way. Go yeah. this way. You have to do it. Like, touch whatever you want. Always. I love, hey, I love the ticketless travel. After projection, yeah. my favorite thing. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm having a bit of a struggle with that, but I'm working on it. <laughs> oh, I'd love to yeah. head out and see where you wind up. Yeah. Well, see, my problem is, is I keep picking places, and I need to just stop and stay right there. Yeah. Instead of instead of trying to actually lift up and leave, just stay right there. Yeah. Yeah. So I was today yeah. years old when I figured out that I don't have to physically stop <laughs> and leave. I could go right there, and I was like, exactly. You don't have to go. You don't have to go anywhere. You can just yep. Yeah. So see, I still I, learn. I, I, I do a lot of practice. Traveling and uh, much more that's one of the things me and wife like to do when we go traveling. We always like to go to either a, a noted place or a haunted place or somewhere something neat. Yeah, you know, that's part of our thing. I don't know. I guess that's one of my favorite things. I guess. Yeah. And I'm coming to Virginia Beach now. We're coming out to the Edgar Casey place. All right, definitely. Yeah. Everybody's piling. Everybody's going to pile up. always been one of my heroes. We're gonna um, we're gonna pile up at Stephanie's know. house. <laughs>
the criminal. What is up, all you freaks out there? How's it going? I uh, I did a nice intro for us. I forgot, I forgot to push it to go live button, so nobody got to see it. Uh, got, can't so, hear you there, Ryan. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, oh. oh there it is. Hope if I mute myself. There, there, okay. that works. Oh, same. I made a nice intro for the show and forgot to push live so nobody got to see it. So, oh well. We'll get you next time. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing a little sore, but uh, hanging in there. Um, Yeah, I work this weekend. I work in a uh, railroad maintenance facility work for a heritage railroad and uh we started refurbishing one of our passenger cars so i was up on a man lift with a grinder grinding on the roof all day long and you know just just stuff you haven't done in a long time and mm-hmm. you don't think the body's gonna hurt two days later but here we are that's the thing about getting older man it takes a lot longer to uh to recover from uh from pretty you know basic work you know well it it wasn't anything overhead either you know it was all out in front of me but i did i did crawl underneath one of our uh steam locomotives so what what year is the passenger passenger train like what is it um really nice it's an olympic Olympic hiawatha so i'm guessing like uh late 40s early 50s oh that's when like I guess passenger trains were 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 a really big thing traveling around the country. Yep. So she was um 
he did the Olympic Hiawatha run, so went from Seattle all the way out to Chicago. Oh, wow. But I watched those old movies from the 1940s and 50s. They're always, like, on the trains and stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, the dining cars and, the you know, still on dining cars and on trains today, but it's just not as romantic as, you know, right. back then, or even even earlier, of course, with, like, the stagecoach and the trains and stuff like that. But Right. I mean, you're, you're going to find the same type of cars with Amtrak today, but it's just not as romanticized as it was no. in the 40s and 50s. I mean, because there's a lot more, I guess, easier ways to get around than there, you know? Right. I mean, if, if I were to leave... St. Paul, I'm in Farmington, so I'd have to drive to St. Paul, which is a half-hour drive. But if I left St. Paul's Union Station today, I wouldn't be into Saint. I wouldn't be into Seattle for three days. Big. I mean, it'd be a comfortable ride, and you could see the scenery, and you know, enjoy enjoy right. your ride a lot more. But if you need to get somewhere fast, you know, it's a lot easier right. ways to. Plus, you got all the stops you got to make. Right, and but the nice thing is, is you can get an Amtrak ticket from here to Seattle and back for the price of a one-way airfare. You know, I just realized something. If we caught this freaking awesome train truck talk, this would be fat. <laughs> that would be fat, yo. People are tuning in. Like, we're talking about ghosts. Why are you guys talking about trains so much? You never know what you're going to talk about here in the freaking office. Well, that's because the, the host is a resident trainer. Yes. Yes, we'll talk about anything on this show. We don't care. Uh, you know what? It is this National Tooth Fairy Day. Oh. I know. It, I can't believe it's finally here. I mean, I've, I've waited. Too bad I haven't, lose, you know, I have any more teeth to lose. I could use some extra money right. in the Tooth Fairy. I may have to take I a hammer. Heard. I had one pulled about a year and a half ago. I had a molar pulled because it uh, was falling apart on me. But if I would have known that, I would have asked for the remnants and tossed it under the pillow. Yeah, see if you can see if you can find it. Throw it under the pillow. See if you can uh, get the tooth pair to come bring you some bring you some cash. Cash is always needed. Yeah, I'm either finding model trains or tools to work on real trains. Man, I just I was listening to some tooth carols on on the radio today, just celebrating uh, the great this greatness that is Tooth Fairy Day. A lot of kids, you know, a lot of kids dressed up with the wings on, and you know, have the the Tooth Fairy tree decorated in the living room over here. Right. Yeah, I'm actually glad that our guest. We have Kevin Ott from uh, Haunted Discoveries. I'm actually glad he could make time to come talk to us on National Tooth Fairy Day. I know that. I mean, that, it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up for me between Christmas and National Tooth Fairy Day. And I, and I don't mean to. I mean, I understand if you want to get off right now. It is actually it's actually National Plant Milk Day as well. So if you want to cut the the, the show short and just you know go milk some trees or something, today, <laughs> today is your way. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I do have a cherry blossom out front. Oh, yeah, cherry blossom milk. That that'll be good. <laughs> so, anywho, we've got uh, Kevin on. What's up, Rhonda? How you doing? From Haunted Discoveries on the show tonight. I made 
I made a haunted discovery myself today, and it has nothing to do with ghosts. Oh, well, has to do with Halloween, actually. I'm going to go ahead. And uh, I found a new monster cereal. They released a new monster cereal. So I found it at Food Lion. And uh, it's called... Is it some blueberries? That, it's, cool. it's called Corella Carmella. It is a huh. female zombie. And it's a caramel apple flavored cereal. I'm going to go ahead and add Kevin to the show here so you can join this awesome, riveting conversation about monster cereals we're having here. What's up, man? How are you? Welcome. Hello, how's it going? I am good. Uh, I still have bad visuals of people milking trees now. Oh. <laughs> I mean. I might throw a GoPro on and go try the uh, Japanese cherry yeah, box. Yeah, I, I, need, I need a video of that See what you, and see what you get. Um, but yeah, they're, uh, you know, they got the monster series. I, were you a big fan of the monster count Ch- Chocula and the Frankenberry? I still buy it at least at Halloween time. I saw a box. It was like four ninety nine for a box of cereal. Oh, I was like, man, I don't feel like, man, I may have to put that off a little bit until it gets closer to, uh, Halloween. But yeah, they got a new, a new, uh, cereal. It's, it's like a. I thought at first I thought it was like a female Frankenberry because it, it's got she got like a scar on her, but she's green. So I'm thinking it's probably like a zombie because that's the next thing to make a cereal out of, or a next monster I guess to make a cereal out of. Um. You buy some? Uh no, <laughs> no I I, uh, I put it off. It's caramel apple flavored. I'm not so sure about that. I'm, I'm going to buy it, but and I'm going to. I actually like to try things for like you know take videos and try try them. But I was just man, I have the money at that time to get it. But it's cool actually seeing the uh, the cereal out. I used to just pick out my cereal based on what toy was in the box. Yeah, that's that's that's, right. that's a good way to I mean. Why else? How else would you pick it? I mean, exactly. that or the character on the box or how good the commercial was. That made me want to buy mm-hmm. the sugary cereal. I I can't tell you the last time I bought a box of cereal, but I don't remember when the last time I got a toy out of a cereal box. Do they I, still make do toys? I don't think they. Right. I don't think they do that anymore. Although I'm not really paying attention to kids cereals anymore, but I think I don't think they. So man, I have a three-year-old, no three-year-old, five-year-old. What am I talking about? Five-year-old. And we buy cereal for him, but I don't ever see like a prize inside. Right. Well, I grew up. I grew up in in Minnesota, and we have uh, Northfield just south of me here, and that's where they make a lot of the uh, General Mills cereals. Mm. And so we used to get a lot of the um, the knockoff brands in the big bag. So. Oh yeah, the big. Big like dog food bags. That, yeah, because it's it, it's cheaper to do that. Yeah. Know? Every time I see those bags, I think of like Alpo or Purina. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure exactly that's exactly what they're going for too. Uh, so if you were to, what was your favorite uh, monster cereal there, Kevin? If you're gonna pick one. I'd probably have to go to the Count Chocula. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I like the character Frankenberry, but 
I think I have to go with Count Chocula too. I think I liked Frankenberry a lot more when I was uh, when I was younger, and I liked the cereal a lot more when I was younger too. I, every time I put it in, try to eat it now, it gets all soggy really fast, and yeah. <laughs> it's it's great when you buy the box. You're excited when you eat like two bowls of it. Like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm finished. Right. How about you, Cr? Yeah, it's Count Chocula for me too. For the win. Well, you know. Unanimous. I want to get get started here. Talk about talk about uh, the paranormal. And we can talk about cereal all day long if you want. Although <laughs> I'm not sure the, the our fine folks in the chat want to hear hear that. Uh, Diane says that's what we did as kids. Go for the, exactly. Although it is it is there's something about waiting to get the toy, you know, and just working your way to it. So when you get to it, it's like a it's like it finally comes out the box. It's like finding buried treasure. Right. And it's like you feel like you've earned it. Right. Instead of like and you finished it up and realized that the toy was on the outside of the bag, between the bag and the box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh how about, how about the box of cracker jacks? I mean, would you eat through the cracker jacks or would you dump it out to get to the toy? I'd dump it out because I wouldn't I didn't like the peanuts. <laughs> yeah, I think the peanuts out, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of those. I mean, I like peanuts, but those peanuts always taste burnt to me. Yeah. You know, I haven't had Cracker Jacks in a long time either. I'm going on a nostalgic food trip here. I mean, what a good day. <laughs> they used to come in. They used to be in a box, but now they now they're in a bag. I think I stopped eating nope. them when they moved to a bag. I can't do this. This isn't real Cracker Jacks. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. I think they stopped putting the the prize. When they moved from a box to a bag, they, and the box was just full of lies. Just that one little loop on it said, "Push here to open." No, no, you didn't. You're a box <laughs> of lies. You cannot push there to open. <laughs> they usually come with like a, uh, like a yeah, water soluble. Yeah, you, you lick and put on or whatever, like a dog or a cat or whatever. And you felt so badass. I got a tattoo. I'm all tatted up now. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get a sleeve of lickable tattoos. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk ghosts, shall we? Actually, I did. I saw, I listened to your uh, your interview on um, Face Out Radio a few. Oh yeah. A few uh, weeks ago, that was really good. That was a good time. I did. I I enjoyed listening to uh, Dave. That's all. Awesome. So I may ask you the same questions you were asked before, not exactly the same questions, but I'm trying to trying to you know learn more about you and stuff. So uh, well, how did you get into this like paranormal thing? What what piqued your interest as a as a kid, as a young lad? I mean, I've always been interested in that kind of stuff. As far as I can remember, I grew up kind of in um, southeast Missouri, very small town. Um, some of my earliest memories watching horror movies with my dad getting ready to go trick or treating, get my costume on, and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, I'd have friends come over and spend the night, and mom would sneak out of the house and scratch on the windows and stuff like that, and try to scare us. And then later on, you know, I was always interested, like in school and stuff, when the teacher would start talking about ghost stuff around Halloween, it always mm-hmm. caught my interest. And 2000. 2001, I started working for uh, the sheriff's department, and I went to the academy in 2003, became a deputy, 
and I got hooked up with a private investigator, and him and his wife had a paranormal team. We started talking about it one day, and they invited me to go along on an investigation, and that's all it took. I've been kicking, kicking at it ever since. I, I, I have uh, realized there's a correlation here. Uh, we we interviewed, what was it, um, paranormal security. Was that a couple weeks ago? Yeah. That was yeah. Um, that was the week. I think the week before last. So he was he was a law enforcement officer. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was a security officer myself, and I'm seeing the correlation that you were you were a law enforcement officer too. And um, <laughs> I was doing mall security, you know, and the mall was built in the '60s. But still, I mean, you're on a skeleton crew of three or four guys until night shift shows up, and yeah, I mean. I've heard some things. I don't know if I knew, you know, if it was just the building or if I was actually hearing what I was hearing. But, yeah, it gets kind of creepy. Yeah. And like people don't think of, like, of course you think of, like, houses and, I mean, museums and jails and stuff like that as being haunted or antique shops. They don't think of, like, a shopping mall of being, of having activity. But there's a lot of energy in a building like that constantly. Because mm-hmm. the people going in and out of it, and you know, I bet, bet a lot of it's residual, but still. Yeah, I mean, they can anywhere can be haunted, I guess. <laughs> yeah, especially if if you you built on like, you know, the land could be haunted. You built something on right, top of it right. and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, did you when you first when you when you first went on you know your first investigation? Did your law enforcement like mentality kick in when it came to like evidence and stuff like that it was like such a more like analytical as a as a you know being in police and stuff does that has that yeah, helped you it did and that's how i approach investigations now i try to look at evidence as if i'm presenting a court case to a jury you know i try to um they they could say you know present a piece of evidence and you show it to them and they're like yeah well that looks like that could be this. Yeah, it could be. This is why it's not. And then I try to lay out why it's not what they may say it is and kind of try to look at it from that point of view and, uh, you know, debunk as many things as possible and leave, you know, only the unexplained as the the answer. But I like to look at each individual thing. And, you know, we have a video clip. I'll go down. I'll break it out, I'll look at it frame by frame by frame and keep going back and forth, back and forth and zoom in, zoom out and just do my best to see what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know, multiple cameras, I'll try to sync the cameras up the best I can and see what's going on on the other cameras at that time, make sure it wasn't somebody else and, um, you know, try to figure out exactly what we saw. So basically they know if, if you're presenting evidence to them, you're you're you've gone through everything with a fine tooth comb to uh to make sure that there's no other explanation for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very analytical. I do it the same way. Yeah, I don't want to put something out there that's because then you look like a tool, and then mm. you know it doesn't it, it doesn't take much to lose credibility in the paranormal world. Yeah, and if you're not looking to debunk it, somebody else is. You know, it is better to have you debunk it than have somebody else debunk it for you. Mm-hmm. And, but 
there is also, you know, get put out an EVP. You're the only person there. So, I mean, I'd be like, it's obviously, obviously somebody else. Well, you, you weren't there. So that's, you yeah. know, that's there's a lot a more in, like, different. A video. There's a difference in, like, posting a video where you know that it may not be what you say it is. Mm-hmm. Then there is posting a video and somebody saying, hey, you know, that could be this because of this. And it's something that you weren't aware of. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, I see, I see where you're saying with that. And I, I think that's totally different than just posting something to post and try to play it off as something else. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I see exactly what you're saying, though, yeah. I think with um, – with every with evidence, it, our word is is really you know all we have to go to go for to go with you know and if mm-hmm. we put stuff out there that's that's oh it's obviously this you know if you don't look at it if you if you're not if you're not going to you know look at your evidence it's you know it's it's, it's tough you know. One thing we kind of looked at on on our series a little bit is you get some locations depending on how they're built and how easily sound and different noises can travel in those locations, even from outside. You know, a whisper in the right environment can carry through there and sound and pick up just like an EVP. And, you know, you, you don't mean, you know, it's not like you're playing it off as you didn't know. I mean, you, you just don't know. Right. Yeah, that's something to try to look at as well. Lots of extenuating circumstances when it comes to carrying evidence, and like you said, there are people who live to debunk evidence. Mm-hmm. And if you if you don't, you know, look at every single aspect of it, and again, it it it, it does for environment sake sake. The people who are looking at it, just looking at it online or whatever, they don't know because they weren't there. They don't know if there are people outside of it or if. Uh, you know, if there was like wind coming through the house or their house was creaking at the time, because it. But if you if you put it out there, yes, the house was creaking, but that's not why what this is. You can put. Right. That. Yeah. And that's so, why I try to look at things. So where did you? Uh, where was your first investigation at? Uh, my first ever investigation is a place called um, the the old McCoon College in Louisiana, Missouri. It's up uh, north of St. Louis. It was a uh, at least if I remember correctly, it was the first female, or the first co-ed college this side of the Mississippi River. And it was built in like 1868 mm. or something like that. It was an interesting place. What? And uh, be there, and I was hooked after that. What was the first EVP? Uh, it was a name. We were kind of debating if it said Scarlet or Scott. And, mm. uh, I, I thought it said Scarlet, but somebody else thought it said Scott. But, you know, I was in the room, and I know none of us said it. I guess it's just a co-ed college. You could be either one. It could be, yeah. You know. So it looks like we got a picture. Uh, we got a question from uh, Diane Gaither, and her question is, uh, what are the best tools to use when investigating a place? I like using IR camera. I like, I like having visual things. You know, voices, you have a recorder. Um, 
depending on how many people's with you, you could set it down. And even if you like leave it in a room, you don't know if somebody walks by that room and you can hear those footsteps. Mm. You don't know if somebody's standing outside whispering. I like to have video visual evidence. Wow. Yeah, that's a hard part about using just using a, a recorder. You said, like you said, you don't know. I mean, unless you like, right, unless it's right in front of you, you could leave a static camp or a static recorder and. Like you said, people could walk by or, you know, they forget to talk in their their regular voice, you know, and they'll, you know, and you'll go to listen to listen back to it. And like, was there somebody in the house at the time? I don't remember. You know, I mean, they're good at doing like burst sessions, but it's also good to set them down while they're recording and not hold them. Yeah. Because even, even movement can make noises that you can mistake for an EVP. Yeah, I, I've noticed when if I hold my recorder in my lap out in my breathing, can uh, you sound like Darth Vader trying to investigate <laughs> the paranormal? And always, always mark your evidence too. You know, yeah. mark mark things that happen. Like, I think our biggest thing was always oh, belly growling. Yes, we that happened a lot. We had we had an investigation out the cabin last weekend, and there was a, there was definitely some gurgling going on. Ed asked, hey, Kevin, have you ever asked this, have you ever asked the spirit if the IR light bothers them? I guess for the uh, uh, camera. Not with the IR light. We did ask the spirit once if an EM pump bothered them and it said yes. I thought they used that to get energy. I wonder what, wonder what uh, was bothering them about it. I don't know. That's uh, interesting. That would be interesting to find out. I'm trying to. I don't think we've ever asked about an IR, but I don't hold me to that. Looks like it hurts their eyes or something. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure. That's an interesting question. That's uh, Howie Odell that asked that question. Um, have to look into that next investigation. There we go, and there you can give us a report of what they say. Right. Yes, cut it as off. It's blinding us. As long as we can get a uh, intelligent conversation going. Exactly. That's that's you know. That's half the battle. Exactly. Right? <laughs> <clears throat> so we try to stay away from like, um, you know, K two meters and stuff like that because they're just so easily manipulated. Yeah. So we try to stay away from using anything like that, and we tend more to go towards stuff that's not technically made for paranormal. Um, big use of the tri-field meter stuff like that. I think a lot of times I use them. K2 meters and stuff like that. They're they're fun for public investigations because it gives something some something tangible. Like, like there's the the detector is going off. There might be something here, but then right. without just having that, it's not really not enough evidence. You've really got to get something else to back it up. Yeah, you know, like an EVP or like something. I usually don't carry my cell phone whenever I'm investigating. I leave that in my bag. I don't want that interference or nothing. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so I use my recorder on my on my cell phone. But I keep far enough away from it. It doesn't really affect it that much. I think if you put it in airpo- airplane mode, it's supposed to help out quite a bit as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Doesn't take uh, doesn't put off as much signal. Yeah. So what? After you've had your first investigation at the college, you're really excited about investigating. Did you start your own team, or did you join another team? How did you uh, – what was the next step in progress? I joined their team. 
I joined their team. It was at Cape Girardeau Paranormal Research. Was Cape is that in Missouri? Yeah, that's in Missouri. Gotcha. There are a lot of like interesting places in uh in Missouri to investigate. Cape's an interesting city. It's just right on the Mississippi River. A lot of history there. Well, I mean as far as, you know, you know, being on the Mississippi River, that's gotta be you know, being close, close to water, the history on the river, it's got to be like just so much energy just around it from that. Another big thing to add to that energy, there's train tracks that went right next to the river. God. And there it goes back to trains again. CRC. Right. Fans, bring out some train talks. There we go. <laughs> we'll have to do that some night and piss off all your listeners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It might piss off our guests, too. I thought we were talking about ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what, other, what other cool places are there to investigate on in Cape Girard? Uh, there's a lot of the old um, fraternity and sorority houses up by uh, the college. Teamsters are supposed to be really active. Um, when I went through the academy, uh, one of our instructors used to be a campus police up there, and he had a lot of stories from calls they would get to some of these locations. Um, one distinctly, I remember, they went into this house, vacant house, and um, they cleared the house, nobody there, and they were downstairs talking before walking out. And they heard what sounded like footsteps coming down the steps, and the canine was just sitting there growling at the steps. Mm. It's like, okay, what's, what's, you know, it's a police canine. It's not just a, any dog. Yeah, it's not going to start growling at nothing. Right. right. Packed up and got out of there. <laughs> I wonder what the, wonder what the dog saw. We didn't know Shriners Lodge in Cape as well, and that was a pretty cool place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howie's asking, have you ever invested, have you ever investigated any of the juke joints there? Juke joints? I have not. I don't even know what a juke joint is. Is it like a bar or something? I, I believe so. I've heard them called that before. Yeah. We did investigate the Seed uh, Courthouse in Illinois once. That was a pretty cool place. It's a small, older older courthouse. And have you guys been out to Bobby Mackey's at all? I've been there four times, I think. What was that like? It's interesting. It's not what a lot of the other shows claim it to be, but it's an interesting place. It's an active place. So GAC hyped it up then? It, it, it's not a demonic treasure box. Did they really Did they really drop a head, head into the well? There's, we found no evidence to ever show that that had happened. So no skulls or anything uh-huh. stuck in the well? Well, that's disappointing. Story yeah. of that is true, of her murder. That's all mm-hmm. true. Right. But a lot of that other stuff, there's just no documentation to back it up. I guess was that story, if the if the like about this, this story, big difference between a story and a lie. Print the story. The story's better. Print the story. Right. I totally butchered that quote, but <laughs> but we did notice in a lot of the places we got into that the uh, true stories are better than some of the made up stories. Uh, so there was because there was a guy who said he got possessed by a demon lived upstairs in the uh is that true or is that just he was just had something mental going on i think between that and being a big alcoholic had a lot to do with that as well i mean 
maybe the activity in the in the house in the place made him made him go a little bit crazy. Hardtail, and I know I know every time I've been there, I've never had much activity either up in his apartment or on that main floor. It felt just like it's been around in the basement. I mean, when you when you walk into the door, what's what's the feeling once you walk through the threshold on that? It's it's a change of energy, but I think a lot of it is the pre pre notion that is mm-hmm. in your head from seeing it on all these other shows. Yeah, I was gonna ask that if it's if it's more of a just because you you we have a preconceived notion of mm-hmm. what to you're you're supposed to expect when you walk in there. And but it's not a place that you walk in and chairs are gonna fly across the room and stuff like that. That's it's not it's not that place. So no one yells right. get out as soon as you walk through the front door. No. <laughs> <laughs> So what, what place have you been where it has had that negative energy that you weren't expecting it to make you feel that way? I think one place that right now was in um, a place called the Carrick Parks House in Perryville, Kentucky. And it's an old Civil War town. And I've there was just something off in that house, and I got kind of – I was just, like, dizzy throughout that whole investigation. I just wasn't, wasn't feeling right at all. And I'm not sure what what was going on there, but uh, I'd like to go back again and try it out again mm-hmm. and see if it's a different feeling, see if I might have just been that night. But I was way out of, way out of my element that night. Mm-hmm. It was, what was the – no, go ahead. Sorry. What was the best place – or your favorite place to investigate okay. that asked. Uh, <laughs> kill this more than one. If you if you if you don't because this is this is top three places yeah. to investigate to make it to make it a little bit easier on you because you don't want to leave anybody out, make anybody jump. My favorite place that I've investigated, Point Sur Lighthouse in Big Sur, California. Um, number two would probably be 31 Coal Mine in Lynch, Kentucky. Number three, goodness, I mean, Waverly Hills is always fun. I've done that one like five times, I think. Mm. That one's always been good. Uh, there's a old bourbon bar in Bardstown, Kentucky called Talbot Tavern. That's a lot of fun. And still an operating bourbon bar. Spirits and spirits. And you can spend the night there. Cool. I also also love all the places in Virginia City, Nevada. I love Virginia City. Mm. And it's just hard to narrow down. (laughs) You ever ever done like a museum ship? Uh, Ship-wise, we did the, um, the Star of India down in San Diego, California. Okay. Uh, we did another one in around San Pedro, and I cannot think of the name of that one. I've uh, done the Queen Mary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They've all been been pretty interesting. I've been on the Mary myself, and you know, I I wasn't investigating. I was just there with my dad, but I I saw two of the claims that they talked about. Mm-hmm. We had you know the was kind of like kids running down the hallway, and you open the door real fast, and no one no one's out there. Mm. 
you know, the hallway is several hundred mm-hmm. feet long, so you would see somebody. Yeah, we picked up voices and whispers and whistles down in, like, the engine room and stuff like that. Right. It's it a cool place. I guess that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the, the shopping malls. There just being so many people on the boats, you know, or in that such in such an enclosed place, you know, uh-huh. the, the residual energy has got to be off the charts. Mm-hmm. Or even on, like, the warships, too, because of anyway. the tensions and stuff. And you have so many different types of energy coming through them places with different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, happiness. For the better, for the worse. Yeah. You know, you get, you know, because it was a warship too at one point. So you've got the, 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 the military aspect of it, the fear of going, being, you know, taken out to fight, and then the happiness of whoever was coming back. But it's also right. mixed with sadness of the people who passed away and probably being transport, transported back and then when it became a cruise ship again, everyone's pretty much all happy again. Well, one of the claims that I saw, um, I, it was, I can't remember if it was in transit to England or if it was transit back, but it's when she was a troop ship. Um, they all had to do a zigzag pattern um, because the German U-boats would snipe anybody going in a straight line. Um, and it was a foggy morning, and Captain of the Queen Mary zigged, and one of the British destroyer escorts zagged at the wrong time, mm-hmm. and the Queen Mary cut the uh, escort destroyer in half. Yep. And uh, chopped up a bunch of guys in the propeller. <clears throat> uh, if you go down into the engine room, they actually have cut a hole in the side of the ship, and there's a walkway that goes out, and you can look down and see one of the propellers. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was daytime, mm-hmm. but it's darker and dark in that room, and it was daytime, and I saw, where to God, I saw a couple of guys swimming around the propeller. Wow. So it was, it was creepy. You know, of course, my my dad was right there, and I'm like, I'm not going to ask him if he just saw what I saw. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's it's stuff that you don't – a lot of people don't know about about that. You know, and and it's such a a meaningless death, you know, because it's just a mistake, and it's just – Brandon, he caught one of the best pieces of footage I've ever seen on the Queen Mary, or anywhere, really. If you've ever seen that, of that person in the painting stall. No. I need to to look that up. Yeah, look it up. It's uh, Apra Queen Mary. Hmm. One of the creepiest things I've ever seen, and he's had so many different professionals look at it, and Mm -hmm. no one can say exactly what it is. (laughs) See, that's good. That's you know when you you've looked you had to press professionals look at it and they can't debunk it, you know that it's 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 got to be something. Yeah, it's always going to take stuff to a third party. Yeah, a like a non-biased third party who can who can look right. at it with a with a a clear eye. I, I did that with Ryan. I was investigating a place and uh, caught an EVP. I was in a one-room schoolhouse. 
I was the only one around. Uh, I was closing up for the day because I worked at this site and just decided to pull my phone out and, and ask some questions. And when I replayed it, I was shocked. So I just, out of the blue, I just sent Brian this EVP, and I'm like, hey, listen to it and tell me what you think. And he was like, okay, did you have kids right outside the door? And I'm like, no, these kids were hundreds of yards away from this school. I had the door shut, but it sounded like they were right outside playing and clear as day. They really did. Um, I asked him, like, because I thought maybe, you know, because he did tell, me, did tell me he had kids on site, but I didn't know how big the site was. Like, well, maybe they could, they could, you know, be really loud and he could have heard them, but apparently it was, like, all, all the way on the other side. Oh, yeah. Of the, uh, how far would you say they were from where you were? Oh, they were at least at least two hundred yards, if not more. Oh wow! The the school's kind of on the uh, the back side of the property. It's on a it so the the road kind of curves around, and it's on the outer side of the curve. They sound like they're right outside the window. It was it was nuts. So tell me about haunted discoveries. What it, what is what is that? Yes, yeah, so we have actually premiere on October sixth in Canada on T and E. Nice. We're still working on domestic stuff now. Uh, it's just been kind of a mess over here with a lot of the mergers and stuff like that. But myself, Brandon Alvis, Mustafa Gadolari, uh Malia Molino, who is our researcher, and then um we also have Dr. Harry Clore on several episodes with us. And, you know, we hit it more, we hit it very historical, Lily-based, uh-huh. and go deep into, like, the scientific method of investigation. Um, we work a lot with environmental conditions and stuff like that. And, I mean, the main focus on the episode is the location and the history of the location, who's there, what is their stories. Why are they still here? So what kind of locations are you looking to are looking to investigate? Are you looking to investigate like the big ones or more of the uh, obscure ones? We've done, we've done both. Um, we've shot 32 episodes so far. Um, season one was a lot of more unknown places, a lot of uh, bed and breakfast type places. Uh, season two, we hit a little bit more well known places and again some others that haven't been as well-known, and season three, we hit a, kind of a little bit more known places and debunking a lot of the myths that kind of surround them. You know, if you ever come to Virginia, we've got some places around here that that uh, you guys should come check out. Um, you know, they have to, we have the cabin on 360 over here, so that's the one I, 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 uh, I run with my friend Dennis, and we've got two houses, one house has got a got a murder in it. Another house that was once used as a brothel, and it was been it both sit on Civil War battlefield. Uh-huh. So, nice. yeah, and well, and you had the attempted suicide in yeah, the cabin. Yeah, that, that that too. So it's a it's a boatload of fun, paranormal fun over here. Yeah, we. The thing I found with a lot of the locations is if they don't know much about the paranormal world, 
you can come in and film and then they go and look up on YouTube to see what it's all about, that kind of ruins it for you. Mm-hmm. There's just so much out there that's just what I would say is kind of disrespectful to the field. Mm-hmm. And people see that and it really makes it hard to get into some of these locations. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they give us, they give out, they give a bad name. I think some some people try to amp up, like, their reactions, and they try to, maybe try to, maybe try to act like Jack Bagans when they, because when, they, they, they think that's the way to do it, and uh, they end up looking like more like assholes than, than they, they, than they mean to, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if, if there's a place that's open to, like, public tours or, you know, learning stuff for kids and stuff like that, they don't want people coming in and promoting it as demonic energy yeah. and stuff like that all over the place. Yeah, right. I think they and do we got people people tell us, it's like, no, because we don't want this place known as like a demonic place. It's like, uh-huh. that's, that's not what we're about. That's not, that's, a, that's very rare and we're, that's not us. Yeah, it was like the museum that I work at. Uh, it's a transportation museum. It was an old uh, maintenance facility for the Great Northern Railroad. And, uh, yeah, there are some accounts of, of stuff happening. But, yeah, we don't necessarily want the negative connotation of demon hunters or mm-hmm. there being something negative there. Because I don't even know if there is. I mean, when I walk in there, I don't feel any, you know, I, I, I can usually feel what's going on. Um, and I don't feel anything negative. It's just really busy and there's people, you know, going about their their daily thing, doing what they're doing. But Haitian with these shows is um, <clears throat> the shows that come in and hype everything up just for the views are talking about negative things and then once they say oh well we saw this negative thing here other people are going to say well yeah it's negative so don't go there mm-hmm. or you get people that just keep spreading an untrue narrative that makes the place look bad right that's always thought because sometimes the uh you know having the shows will actually increase the uh the visitors like people would want to come out and see like yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them will. We've also had people that was afraid that if it went on the air, that they thought people would automatically start trying to break in. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, well, you're located. You're a. You're not an abandoned facility sitting somewhere. You're an actual still functioning museum in a state park. Yeah, so security. That would kind of be not good on somebody to try to break into a place in a state park and get that kind of charge. No. Right. I'm not that desperate to get to get evidence for for uh, you know. You know, if you were in an abandoned house out in the middle of nowhere, I could see how that could be an issue. But yeah, well, yeah. my us, like us, we've got millions of dollars worth of you know locomotives and and priceless items that I I, I could see both sides of it. Yeah, you you do want publicity, but you don't want the negative side of it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these places, they need money because, like, uh, when I heard, with the coronavirus, they lost a lot of business. There's a oh, yeah. uh, battlefield here uh, mm-hmm. called Tamplin Park. We do a lot of um, investigations with, and they lost a lot of money. It's a huge park, very nice, but they, they, they can't get the volunteers to come out anymore. So we have investigations, and that's how they raise a lot of their money for uh, – 
yeah. for the year. We do investigations once, like, I guess every quarter we'll do spring, summer, fall, winter investigations out there. And uh, yeah, we, it's a thing for locations to stay running and to do restorations and keep them, you know, up and going. Uh-huh. And that's what basically, you know, it's what we want to do. We want to help these locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure that's for you guys. We want to boost the, boost the tourism, help oh, yeah. them out. And, uh, and they should – I understand where they're coming from. But it's kind of a kind of an old school mindset they can, uh, that's kind of keeping them from, you know, embracing what could be a, a really big money maker for them. Because it's not yeah. like you're, you know, screaming to come at me, you mother ever. You know, you're not. It's not like you're doing that. You're you're coming at it from a very calm, scientific, and you're not going to be like, oh, this place is full of demons. Don't bring your kids here; they're going to be yeah. best or whatever. Not for sex. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely have to go in and treat them with respect. Not not just the spirits out of there, but the location as well. Right. You know, don't leave trash laying around. Don't you know destroy things. Don't graffiti things up. I mean, these are historic locations. Let them be that. Yeah. Preserve exactly. And Historical preservation is a big thing for us. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a great. That's awesome. And there's so many places that nobody's heard of that that mm-hmm. uh, have got activity. And, and, you know, if you take your skill there and you film, there might be somebody like, oh, I want to go check that place out. Uh-huh. I may not have ever heard of it before. We're going to have a lot of those coming up on the series. Tell you what, man, I, I got. I tell you, you want to come out to the cabin, I'll get you in. I, my, my, my dad, my family owns it. So yeah, I'd love to come up sometime. We'd love to have you, man. It's it, it it is a messed up place. There there's some there's seen some shit. Part of my friends. Mm-hmm. Sounds here. like fun. Yeah, it is it is it is awesome. So Kevin, if if somebody wanted to watch Haunted Discoveries, how would they do that? Well, right now, you, right now you can find our trailers on our Facebook page. Okay. Um, again, it airs on TNE in Canada starting October sixth. And as soon as we have word about where to land at domestically, we'll be posting that ASAP. Okay. Um, so it's not that we haven't been trying. It's just distribution over here has been kind of, with the mergers and now the strikes and everything going on, it's just been kind of a, right. kind of a mess. Are you trying to go on, like, TV, or maybe would you, like, do, like, Internet, like, Paraflex or something like that? Um, we're letting our sales rep handle most of that, so I'm not sure who else she's reached out to at the moment. You would think that having the strike would, would would make it easier for shows like that to get airtime because there's, well, I guess Discovery or like Travel Channel is not really acting. I guess there is some acting and stuff, but... but and they're merging so much with each other yeah. and stuff like that. It's kind of... Right. It's so you weird. One person, and then next thing you know, they're not there anymore, and this person's in charge. Trying to talking to them, and then they're yeah. going to company now. <laughs> That's got to be hard to cope with, but yeah, we're not that we haven't been working on it. Mm-hmm. It's got to be so confusing, like turning on HBO Max and finding Ghost Adventures. Just like, <laughs> but there are so many shows out there too. I mean, you go on YouTube, looking up ghost stuff. There's like, God, everyone 
seems to seems to have a show now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be. I think people are really gonna enjoy it once it once they get to see it. Because I I like your I like your your way you do it too. It's because you've got to have something to stand out from everybody else. You can't just do the same thing. And you and the way the way you approach the investigations or how you look at the history of locations and how you're more scientific base is um is different than than how a lot of shows uh try to go about it. Yeah, and we you know, we did one location in season three and it was a hard location to get into and um talking to them they're like, Well we need to see you need to send us your script. I was like we don't we don't have a script. What what do you, what do you mean? I said, Well you're people at your facility that are professionals of this history, they're the ones that's going to tell the story. It's their mm-hmm. story. It's not something that, you know, we're going to write a script and this is how it's going to be. Your people tell them the story. So that's what the script will be. So if you trust in your people, then the story is going to be good. You know, we're not coming here to make up, you know, here's some stuff and make up a story and present that as, oh, this is what this place is. Like, no, your, your people will tell the story. Right. So it's interesting how they they were expecting a script. Mm-hmm. Like you tell, we'll usually when we start with the location, we'll do like a Zoom call with the owner or whoever. We'll get the history, and then we'll kind of bullet point out different points to hit based on, you know, their stories, but it's driving the narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it, you, know, you don't want to. I guess you could ask them, and then you could. I guess write it out for them to then repeat back to you, but it's it's just not the same as getting the fresh take. That's why I always yeah. listen. To, that's why I do with my shows. If you ask me, like, uh, like should I bring should I tell you about myself? I'm like, no, I like hearing it for the first time on the show. It's it's just mm-hmm. just feels uh-huh. more natural that way. And another thing with the right. show, everything you see on the show is happening in the moment that it happens to us. Like we have some pretty pretty big reveals, and everything you see is happening actually happening in that moment. It didn't like happen a day ago, and then we recreated it. Mm-hmm. It's actually happening when you see it happen. Mm-hmm. So it's so fresh. All the reactions. Yeah. yeah, a lot of emotional strings. Um, it's got it's got some really touching pieces in it. What was your what was your the most like I guess scariest place or like you went for the show, like, where you just felt, like, just weird. Yeah, like I said, for me, it was Carrick Park's house. And that one just, I don't know. There's one room in there. It, it affected me and it affected Brandon because we were in that room together. And yep. it just had just a weird feeling. The house did have, in that room, it had, like, Unusual e, uh, EMF, which is kind of strange because there wasn't any power to that house really. Mm-hmm. Well, we are about out of time. We've got two minutes left, and I want to thank you for coming on the show, uh, especially on National Tooth Fairy Day. Uh, I know I realized that uh, I'm gonna keep you any more from. Uh, actually, I know you have to go plant some some uh, milking some plants too. While yeah, you're I can find that movie, The Tooth Fairy. There we go. There we go. It's a holiday tradition. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I'd like to give you a chance. 
give you a chance to talk about like how people can get can get in touch with you and um and uh figure out how to watch uh Haunted Discoveries in Canada apparently. Follow our uh Haunted Discoveries Facebook page, um or on Instagram, Haunted Discoveries T V and I believe it's the same on Twitter as well. So you can or X now. But you can follow us on any one of those. We'll be posting updates and uh mm-hmm. Do you have any videos on YouTube or anything that people can check out? Uh, we have our our uh, first trail season one trailer is on our Facebook page. Okay. Uh, the link to that is a pinned uh, pinned link. So as soon as you open our Facebook page, it should be the top one. Awesome. Well, I hope you know, hopefully you guys get they figure stuff out for you to be able to get distributed down down here, even if it's just even if it's on like Paraflix or. Uh, something like that, at least you can get it out there so people can see what you guys have been doing, you know? I'm ready for it to get out there. Yeah, I, I want to see it myself. I'm excited. Definitely let us know what you think. I will, and I'd love to have you back on sometime. We'll talk more. We'll get more yeah, into, yeah. you know, different locations and stuff. Sounds like a plan. All right, man. I appreciate it. Have a good night. You too, sir. Have a good one. Well, that was fun. That was I you know I definitely appreciate him coming on National Tooth Fairy Day. It's uh, uh-huh. obviously a big holiday.